Good Oral Health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable, and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body, and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more, and we're not listening to it. Come along with me on this journey, and I'll give you a whole new perspective of the importance of taking care of your mouth and the long-term effects it has not only on your oral health, but also your overall systemic health. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you, having the same struggles that you are, because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy. Because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And it all starts with you. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the difference between PPO and HMO. We've been talking a lot about insurance coverage because when it comes to dental care, many people rely on their insurance coverage to help manage costs. Dental insurance can be a valuable resource to afford dental care, but dental insurance benefits have not changed since they started. You get anywhere from 1000 to 2500 per year. So to truly maximize your benefits, it's crucial to understand how your plan works. The majority of people who have dental insurance get it through their employers or during open enrollment. Only a small minority understand the complexities of insurance well enough to feel they've made an empowered choice or to even understand how to use it. Understanding the key differences between PPO and HMO plans and how to make the right choice can be overwhelming. If you have to choose, if you already have one, knowing what coverage is good is going to get the most out of your dental benefits. There may be situations where you find yourself in need of dental treatment without your insurance card or without coverage at all. Many people think their medical insurance and their dental insurance are one and the same. This isn't usually the case. So how do you know your dental coverage is under? The fastest way to get that information is to contact your human resource department where you work. If your coverage is through the marketplace, then you can go to their website or their phone number to get that information. So understanding plans. There are different types of plans. Dental insurance commonly comes in three types. Health Maintenance Organization, which is HMO, Preferred Provider Organization, which is PPO, and Indemnity Plans, which is HDHP, which is a high deductible plan. So make sure you understand the differences and the limitations of each before you pick a plan or which plan you have before you go to use it. So covered procedures with dental plans usually follow 180-50 coverage structure. 100% is usually preventative care, like cleanings, exams, and x-rays. 80% of basic procedures would be fillings. And then 50% is going to be major procedures, like crowns and root canals, meaning that they'll cover 50% of the price. And that could be 50% of what the dentist charges or 50% of what the dentist accepts as benefits depending on which type of coverage you have. And that's good to know. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. There's an annual maximum, meaning most plans have an annual maximum benefit limit of 1000 to 2500 per year. Knowing this number will help you plan for any significant dental work that you may need to do as part of the year. So like now it's that towards the end of the year. So if you need something major done, you can have part of it done this year and part of it done the next year, which will reduce your out-of-pocket expenses. 
And either way, you're going to have to pay 50% of whatever that basic procedure is. So preferred providers are usually a dentist that are in network, and this can help you save money if you go to a dentist that's in network on your insurance plan. So you'll have to check with the dentist or check with your insurance company to see which dentists are covered under your plans. And we'll discuss that in a little bit again. There's also a waiting period. Some plans have a waiting period for certain procedures, usually major procedures. And so depending on when you enroll in the plan, there may be a specific waiting period before you're eligible for these certain services. And then there can be exclusions. So beware of services that are not covered and will be 100% out of pocket. Those are usually elective procedures like whitening or veneers. But you can also have a pre-authorization. Some plans require pre-authorization for major procedures, but if you'd like to know exactly what your benefit is going to be, you can get a pre-authorization. Dental companies don't guarantee what they say, and a lot of times when they give you it, they say it's not a guarantee depending on when the pre-authorization happened and when you choose to have it done because some people have a pre-authorization and then don't get it done for three years, and then that pre-authorization isn't going to be good anymore because prices go up, what they cover is less. So make sure to ask a lot of questions before so you can avoid a lot of surprises. So understanding the difference between dental health maintenance, HMO, and PPO is going to be important to pick the right coverage for you and your family. Both plans come with their own set of pros and cons. So which is right for you? So the difference between the two of them, there's four major differences, but we'll break it down a little bit more. It's going to be cost, the size of the network, meaning which doctors you can use, the access to specialists, and out-of-network versus out-of-pocket expenses. So if you're in good health with no special medical needs on the horizon, an HMO might be good for you. If you have ongoing health concerns and you want greater flexibility when it comes to the providers you can see, then a PPO is going to be the right choice. So figuring out which type is best for you can be confusing. So don't do it alone. There are experts that can help you pick the best plan for you and guide you through the process, choosing the best coverage, how you're going to save money to stay on target to hit your money goals and your health goals faster. Do you want a plan that has an HSA? Do you want a plan that has an FSA? Do you want to see your specific doctor? Does it not matter which doctor you see? Are you okay with whatever the doctor tells you? If you need to make a choice, comparing these things side by side is going to help you understand them better, especially when it comes to open enrollment. Because a lot of times, unless you have a major thing happen in life, you can only enroll during this open enrollment process, which is happening now, which is why I'm talking a lot about this, because this is when you get to choose. So generally speaking, an HMO makes sense if you need to lower your cost and you don't mind which primary care provider you see, which is the PCP. And a lot of times you have to pick that PCP when you pick the plan. A PPO may be better if you already have a doctor or a medical team and you want to be in network. But if that doctor doesn't belong to your plan, then it's going to be out of network and it's going to cost you more money. So here are the key differences. HMO has lower premiums and lower out-of-pocket expenses, but less flexibility. The biggest draw to an HMO is the lower premium, and that's the amount that you pay each month for health insurance. And it's a lot lower because there's a smaller pool of providers to choose from, which means less flexibility of who you can go to as far as a doctor. 
and HMO requires a referral to an in-network specialist by your primary care physician if you need to see someone specific. So there are a specific network of doctors, hospitals, and providers, and they're called in-network providers. And you need to go to these providers in order to reduce your out-of-pocket expenses. So your costs are typically lower because they've already made an agreement with the health insurance to accept less pay. And so since these providers are getting less pay and there's more people on a HMO plan, sometimes it's also hard to get into them. It could be three to six months to a year to even get an appointment with these providers. And there's usually a copay. And so there's an out-of-pocket expense and a deductible that won't be covered unless it's an emergency. So an HMO member has to pay a monthly premium and a copay, and you need to coordinate care with the primary care provider. And if you need a specialist, you need to get a referral. So that's the basics of HMO. So to translate it, HMO keeps tabs on what they think is a medically necessary service for you, and they monitor where you're going and what happens to maintain the overall plan costs. They determine what they will pay regarding your care. And you usually have a lower deductible, which means you get to kick in less bucks or zero bucks, depending on what your needs are. So you can count on a copay. And let's say that you need something that is a non-preventable medical visit you need to go to an annual physical. Sometimes if it's an annual checkup, there is no copay necessary. But if you need to get a flu shot or you need to see a doctor, there is a copay. So don't forget that if you see a doctor outside of your network, even though you have an HMO, you could have to pay 100% of the cost. So always be prepared of what's happening. There's not a lot of wiggle room when you're working with an HMO. So just make sure that you know what they will pay and you find these things out before you use them. So that way you're not shocked at what you might have to pay. So let's talk about PPOs. PPOs have higher monthly premiums. They're more flexible and you have a greater selection of providers and more freedom when it comes to see a specialist without a referral from your primary care physician. If you see specialists frequently and you want fewer restrictions on out-of-network providers, you definitely want a PPO. Or if you want a health savings account where you can put money in it rolls over every year and you get to write that off on your taxes. A PPO is going to be better for you. But if you get care from a provider in-network, you pay less. So even PPOs have in-network providers and out-of-network providers. And if you see an out-of-network provider, you're probably going to have to pay for that out-of-pocket. And that's what I ended up doing with a lot of my cancer treatments. I ended up, even though I'm paying for insurance, they weren't the doctors that I wanted to see and I ended up having to pay for it anyway, which a lot of times I wondered why I was even paying for insurance because I had to pay most of it out of pocket with the exception of the hospital. They did pay that almost 100% and there was a lot that was written off. So I was grateful to have the insurance because I had a major medical event. And that's what you bet on when you're paying insurance. So PPOs typically have a higher deductible and a higher monthly premium, but they have greater access to care. Some PPOs have co-pays as well. And it depends, again, just on what plan you have, what company you have, what your provider, your employer has chosen as far as what they pick. So while PPOs historically have been what employers go to, there are also high deductible plans and they have been picking those. They're gathering steam because they lower costs for the employees and for the employers. 
So a high deductible plan can be a deductible of $1,400 for single coverage and $2,800 for family coverage, or it could be as much as $6,000 for your deductible before they start paying things. If you're healthy, and again, you don't require much medical, a high deductible plan will have a lower monthly premium. And this may be better for you, especially like for someone for me, who's probably not going to use that for regular doctors. I'm only going to want it in case something catastrophic happens. So that might be better. And a lot of these have the bonus of a health savings account where you can add money. So in my health savings account over the years, I had built up $10,000 because it rolls over. So you can put in up to, I think it's $6,000 a year in your health savings account, and then that rolls over each year. And then you can use it for any health things that you need, which worked out for me because I could use those for the providers that were not in network or that were out of pocket. And it also helped pay the deductible when I ended up needing it for cancer. There are also Medicare plans and Medicare has HMO and PPO as well. You're usually not eligible for those until you're 65 or older. So you might want to check that out when it comes to making a decision. Again, there are all these options for you. So understanding the three major types can help you decide what is best for you. And then if you are over 65, you have other options available to you and you have different supplemental coverage you can get. So cost is going to be what's important when you're making these decisions. And then also with Medicare, they have a Part A and a Part B that you can add on. The Part A is part of the original Medicare offered by the federal government. Part B is also that too. Part C is an advantage plan offered by private companies to pick up what Part A and Part B don't cover. And then a Part D is the drug coverage that you can pay for if you have drugs that you have to take. So why would you need all of these additional coverages? Because Part A and Part B don't usually cover some of these things, or they all really cover 80%, and there's going to be 20% remaining. That's your responsibility. So adding on prescription drug, vision, hearing, all of these things might help save you money, depending on what your out-of-pocket is for those premiums. So again, HMOs require you to see a specific provider. They lower your costs. They have a copay. They are more predictable at costs, and they may have no annual maximum. There's less paperwork and involved as well. PPOs are going to have a better network. They're going to have higher out-of-pockets. They're going to have some out-of-network providers and they have more immediate access to specialists that you might want to go to. They potentially have more paperwork depending on your plan. So in summary, those are the key differences that will help make your decision and make dental insurance more affordable to you. And the pricing structure will differ depending on whether you're getting it from the marketplace or whether you're getting it from your provider. You have more of an option to pick from in the marketplace, but it may lower your costs if you are going through your provider. Again, it's just kind of a crapshoot and you'll have to decide what's best for you when it comes to picking a dentist. So once you've picked a plan now, how do you pick a provider that is in your network? So you can go through your company's human resource director to ask a lot of these questions. You can log into the plan that you picked. You can search for a provider, usually entering your zip code. You can find your dentist or doctor's name and you can search for who is in network and you can use that doctor. You will most likely save the most maximizing your dollars if you 
pick a dentist who agreed to the PPO fees. That means that your dentist will typically take less in order for guaranteed people to be able to to pick. This has gotten really crazy and really complicated, and I don't know why we do this. I think it would be easier to just go back to the way it was. There's a lot of hands in the cookie jar, and that's why it's important that you know your in-network, out-of-network expense, out-of-pocket expense if you go in-network or out-of-network, and whether or not these dentists are going to be sending you a bill for the remaining balance or whether they're going to be writing this off. It's important that you know that, that you have this conversation with your dental office, with your employer, with your insurance company. Not all dentists accept the insurance company's negotiated fees. So make sure that you confirm that because a lot of dental companies will say, yes, they can process it, but it doesn't mean that they're going to accept those negotiated fees. So make sure that you ask these questions before you make an appointment and make sure that they verify your insurance and let you know before you get to the appointment. So that's not on the provider that you're going to, to make sure that that's going to be covered. They do that as a benefit, some, but some of them expect for you to know what your benefits are and if they're covered. So make sure that you know this ahead of time. Where I work, we have um, a person that's all she does is call on insurances, but you have to get them your information. And sometimes it takes days to get this answer back from your insurance company. If your name wasn't entered right, if the birth date was wrong, if you provided them the wrong information, if you gave them medical coverage instead of dental coverage, if you gave them your dental coverage instead of your medical coverage, depending on where you're going. So I get a lot of questions of, can you go to the dentist without your card? The answer is yes, but you have to understand that patients forget or misplace their insurance cards. They don't know who their provider is. So again, you need to make sure that you know what this is and you figure this out before you go. So what do you need to provide? Although you might not have your physical card, you need to know the name of your insurance company. You need to know where you work, who it's through, the policyholder's name. So if it's not you, who is the policy under? You need their date of birth. You need the group number and you need the employer name. You don't always need the social security number. They now have a policy number so you don't have to give out your social security number. But you need to supply this information to the insurance provider, to the person, the doctor's office in order to get your claim processed accordingly. You can call your insurance company. You can call the name on the card. You can speak to a customer service representative and ask them specific details to make sure the information that the dental office runs smoother. You need to know if you're going to have to pay anything out of pocket and are they going to be able to process this information? Does your in, your provider that you picked, your dental office or your healthcare provider, accept your insurance? And do they accept FSA and HSA? This might be an available solution if you have money in an FSA. You have to use it by the end of the year or you lose it. So whatever money you put in, you need to use it. That's called a flexible spending account and it uses pre-tax dollars and it gives you a discount. You can, your payment plans can come out of this so you can put money into it and you use it and it saves you money on your taxes. So that's the benefit of an FSA and an HSA. And again, it can pay for a lot of these things. It can pay for toothbrushes. It can pay for your drugs. It can pay for your glasses. What it pays, again, there's a huge list of what the FSA and the HSA will pay. So make sure that you know your plans. Regular checkups, If you have dental insurance, make sure that you take full advantage of the preventative care. 
get x-rays, get a cleaning. This will save you money in the long run. Timing is going to be important. You want to use these maximum benefits. You're paying for them. You might as well use them. If you have dental coverage and you haven't been going to the dentist, start going to the dentist. You don't necessarily have to have done what they say, but just getting x-rays and exam and finding out what the condition of your mouth is could help you save money, could help you maximize your benefits. Multiple family appointments, you can schedule them all in the same day so you don't have to travel. The problem is a lot of times if you make an appointment and you cancel it or you don't show up, the office is not going to let you schedule all of your family at once again because that's four hours of time that they might lose if you have four family members. So think about that before you make an appointment, make sure that you're going to be able to make it. Um, And if you like to schedule appointments so the whole family can go together, make sure you do it on a day where you can keep that appointment. Because we blacklist people. If you have not shown up to appointments, not called, um, canceled your appointments the same day, you will not be allowed to have another one just because you did not respect our time. So the time respect goes both ways the office respecting your time, but you also respecting the dental office's time. Communication is going to be very important. Being upfront about where you are, um, what your concerns are. Are they time concerns? Are they financial concerns? Are they seeing a specific provider? Um, keep these lines of communication, keep these lines of communication open and make sure that you clarify these directly to them. Understanding your insurance can be complicated. So making sure that you talk about this stuff up front, what's important to you is going to be important. Keep in mind that this is a business. Healthcare is a business for both the dentist, for the insurance company. Having cancer and discussing my options, what the insurance pays for and the protocols were really, really important. Just because something says it's not covered under your insurance doesn't mean it necessarily is not covered. It just means that it might not be covered at that point, that time when they check. In my case, um, I was told that this test was not going to be covered and the hospital never ran the test because it was going to be $4,400. And uh, that was going to be the difference of whether or not my tumor was going to be susceptible to radiation or chemo. And they didn't run it. So when they said you need to have um, radiation and chemo, I said, what was the outcome of that test? And they said, oh, we didn't do that test. It's $4,400 and your insurance won't cover it. I'm like, run the test. Are you treating me or are you treating your insurance company, my insurance company? And you didn't even ask me. Turns out that my ox score was an 11 and your tumor is susceptible if it's over a 20. So I would have had chemo and radiation on this tumor and not even needed it. And if I needed it in the future, I wouldn't have been able to have it because you can't have that procedure again in the same spot. So a lot of times you have to be your own advocate. I can't stress that enough. Check and double check what is happening, what is being recommended if your insurance company is or isn't going to pay for it. We're not the same. Standard protocols are not the same. And what I learned with going through cancer is in breast cancer, there's a protocol. They run you through that protocol and they treat you all the same. But I was not the same. I am very susceptible to drugs. I'm susceptible to different foods. And when I take things in combination, it throws my whole body out of whack. And doctors don't take that into consideration. They think I'm crazy. 
They don't have time to treat you as an individual. And they just wanted to cut out the cancer and go through the radiation chemo protocol and then give me this drug for five years. Well, my body was not going to tolerate that. I was really sick. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I lost a lot of time and I was not going to be treated that way. So I had to be my own healthcare advocate. I had to figure out what the root cause of what was going on, what was happening with these interactions to these drugs. It took me six months to clear my body out of what these drugs mixed together did to me. I was breaking out in itchy spots and hives. They were covered under my whole body. I couldn't even put clothes on. I just wanted to stay in bed. Taking a bath was uncomfortable just because my body reacted terribly to what they normally give people. And my insurance company ended up covering things that they weren't necessarily going to cover because of what happened. So insurance was not created to prevent illness. It was not created to treat the root cause. It was not created to cure your illness. It pays for the minimum viable treatments. It treats symptoms as they prevent themselves. And you hope that you don't have to use it, but you have to be your healthcare advocate. I had to get an advocate at the hospital. I had to get an advocate at the insurance company. I had to get everyone talking together to get this paid. And you know what sucks about that is you're going through all of this stuff. You're at your most vulnerable. You're at your worst. You can't think because stuff is happening to your body. It's scary. There's fear involved. And I'm sorry to say this, but they take advantage of you being vulnerable. We pay so much for insurance just in case something catastrophic like this happens. We work most of our lives to pay taxes, to pay for insurances, hoping that none of this stuff happens. So knowing your insurance, getting the most of it, take advantage of it, knowing your body. You only get one body. So don't wait for the symptoms. Do the preventative test to see what is going on. Do you have heavy metals? There are tests that you can do that see what your cancer markers are. The hospital, the Western medicine, the regular tests that they run, they don't test that stuff. So find a provider that does. Don't wait until you're sick. If you don't take care of your health now, you will spend your wealth getting your health back. Let me say that again. If you don't take care of yourself and your health before you get these symptoms, you will spend your wealth, the money you saved, getting your health back and fighting to get the care that you deserve. It is hard to get an appointment these days. It's hard to get someone to listen to you and to look for the root cause. They just want to treat the symptoms. And a lot of these medications create more symptoms. So if you're not sure where to start, start with how you breathe and what is the condition of your mouth. That's the easiest thing to do. Your dentist will check for cavities and gum disease. And they're a warning that there's something out of whack in your body. If you're getting cavities, you have a pH problem. If you're getting gum disease, something is wrong. My gums were bleeding. All of my blood work was fine. I was tired. My hair was falling out. And they told me that it was just stress because I was going through a divorce. But guess what? The bleeding was a sign that something was out of whack in my body. And that's how I found the breast cancer. Don't ignore the symptoms that your body is giving you. If you're tired, start with your diet. Start with your mouth. Start with taking a saliva test. Start with taking a blood test. Find a provider that looks at these things. Find a provider that does a thermography. They're more than half the cost of... An MRI is pretty expensive. And sometimes your insurance company pays for it. Sometimes it doesn't. A thermography, my whole body was $475. I had to pay that out of pocket, but that showed a tumor on my breast. And I work with Dr. Kelly Shockley. She's out of Colorado. She's a doctor of cause. She ran a bunch of blood tests that showed me what was going on. So she did a blood test 
and she did a hair sample and I had heavy metals in my body, a lot of toxicity and low vitamin D. Those are all warning signs of breast cancer. Most women have low vitamin D. If you have low vitamin D, that makes you more susceptible to breast cancer. There are epigenetic things in our environment that are causing us to be sick. So a lot of this stuff you might have to pay for out of pocket. Knowing your insurance is really important, but knowing your body and listening to your body and the clues that it's giving you is going to be important before they turn into big signs and you're in a stage two or three cancer. Trust me, you're going to pay one way or another. If you are paying for insurance, use it because you're just going to lose those benefits every month. Check and see what you can do. Look at these things before you get sick. You can run all these tests and see, hey, are you healthy? You can change your diet. I say that if you're not sure where to start, start with your mouth. What is the health of your mouth? That's going to give you signs. Is there something off in your body? Depending on what dentist you go to, they will look at these things. If you're not sure, if you go to your dentist, I can look at x-rays, not allowed to diagnose, which was is really kind of funny, but I can look at your x-rays and say, you might want to go get this looked at. Or I can say, if you have all of these cavities, Maybe you need to check the pH of your mouth. Disease in our body doesn't happen if the pH is 7.0 or above. That's your mouth, that's your gut, that's cancer. Cancer doesn't survive in a neutral environment, in an alkaline environment. We feed the cancer every time we eat. So again, know what you're looking for, know what the health of your body is, know why you are needing insurance, and that will help save you time, save you money, and save a lot of stress and having to have a disease and now figure out how to get your health back. Hopefully this was helpful. Know why you need insurance, know the health of your mouth, know the health of your body. That's where I would start because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a happy, healthy life. I know I rambled on there. Hope this was helpful. If there's anything that you'd like to know, You can contact me, go to sherrywords.com, S-H-E-R-E-E-W-E-R-T-Z.com. I am here to help you schedule a 10-minute call with me and we can figure out where you need to go from here. You only get one body. Health is the new wealth. You get a choice. What will your choice be? Thank you for listening today. If something you heard made you smile, made you think, empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure you share this with a friend. Write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook page, Dental Hygiene 411, or hit the link in the show notes to join a conversation. Until next time, breathe through your nose and share a smile. After all, they're contagious.